Hello and welcome to The Court Jester, the podcast that dares to take you for a ride through the sauciest stories of the Middle Ages. I am your host, Cleopathenu, medievalist and storyteller. And before we dive headfirst into the depths of the most audacious comedy of the Middle Ages, I am going to warn you. Today's story has been crafted several hundred years ago, and trust me when I say that it is one of a kind. But what should you be looking for? You should be looking for swear words, for a very long description of genitals, and for your casual, ages-old misogyny, gender binarism, absurdity, and many other disturbing things. It was the kind of stuff that had everyone rolling on the floor with laughter a very long time ago, and presumably some of you might do so still today. But if this is not what you feel like doing on this specific day and age, then there is no shame in skipping this one and coming back at another time. If, however, you are confident that you can consume this content in context, then come with me and let's dive into the story of the blacksmith Creel. There was, in Creel, a blacksmith, as you have probably guessed by the title. This blacksmith had a forge and he also had an assistant to help him beat the glowing metal that he pulled out of the fire. The servant was young, definitely younger than the blacksmith. He was talented, he was a good boy and his name was Gautier. Everyone liked Gautier because he was an honest boy and he had also, you know, those broad shoulders and triangular back where he's broad at the top and, and, and narrow at the flank, thick muscular shoulders that come with a job description and also, since I'm describing Gautier physically, I must tell you that he was endowed with a prick that was a colossal slab of meat, the biggest one any woman ever saw in creation. I will spend some time talking about this because nature seems to have put special care into making that particular member unsurpassedly great. It was longer than two palms in length, it was wider than a fist in girth, it was so roundly shaped and also it was accompanied by a set of balls that deserve some attention. They were hanging proudly below this massive piece and they could have been sculpted with a chisel. Remarkably beautiful. One of a kind. And always ready for action. Always ready. Now this amazing member was permanently standing with its head uncovered like a monk in prayer and it was bright red like a Spanish onion. Long story short, this was a remarkable, a remarkable piece of anatomy. And this Gautier, this young boy, worked with our blacksmith for more than a year. And they were doing really well together. He was obedient, he was quick to learn, he was doing all the things right. And then one day, it happened that Gautier felt the call of nature and went into the back of the forge to pee. And this was when the blacksmith caught a glimpse of this gigantic, gigantic rod, which I have described to some detail just a few minutes earlier. And so the blacksmith saw it and stood in amazement and thought, if my wife knew about this, oh, and she likes those tools, ha ha, she would have been so enthused. I wonder if she would go for it. I wonder if she would try and get some of it for herself. 
Let's find out, he thought to himself. And went to his wife and told her, I need to tell you this, you will not believe how huge Gautier's member is. You will not believe what kind of biblical monster hides between his legs. What and why do I care? said his wife. And please, this is an incredibly tasteless and crass conversation and I don't want any more talk about this. Shameful, shameful. But the blacksmith didn't buy it, and he started lyrically praising the amazing phallic attributes of his young helper. So help me God, he says, I do not think I've ever seen such a thing attached to a man, or, dare I say, will I ever see one? This Gautier of ours must really love using his thing, I know I would. Again, why do I care? answered the wife, and with that very dramatically turned around, just in time to hide her flushed cheeks and the fact that she was getting so excited by the conversation that the blood was coming and going to her cheeks, giving her ten different hues of red per minute. And I did ask you to keep quiet, she said, biting her lip, hoping that you will not understand her excitement. I told you to stop talking, I told you to change the subject, and here you are going on about this again. All right then, I will change the topic, said the blacksmith. I just wanted to let you know that tomorrow I will be out of town, so you will have to be with Gautier in the forge on your own. Please see that the boy does all he has to do. Yes, of course, husband, said the wife. We've done it more than once by now. It should be fine. Now I'm sure you're wondering, where did that come from? Why is he going out of town? Well, dear listener, the blacksmith was not going out of town. But early in the morning he got up, pretended to be leaving and went downstairs and hid behind the forge and waited to see what was going to happen between his lawful wedded wife and his incredibly well-endowed apprentice. And that's what happened. His wife got up when the time came and she took a torch and she went downstairs and passed the fire to young Gautier who was there and he was trying to do his best, as he always did. And Gautier got working, like every morning, and they went about their usual business until she told him, So, Gautier, I have heard things about you. And I was wondering, is it true what people say, that what you have between your legs is not only massive, but also always ready? The young man averted his gaze. Please, lady, he said, don't make me talk about this. It's not proper. I shouldn't. The fact that you're embarrassed will not change your situation, said the lady. But, listen, I'm only here to have a look. I only wish to get a glimpse of it, and I'll tell you what, if you show me yours, I'll show you mine, and I'll also throw a new shirt and a new pair of trousers for you in the mix, so will you show it to me, please? So this was getting a very good deal for our poor apprentice to forego, especially after he heard about the shirt and the trousers. So, heeding her promise, he dropped his trousers and revealed that mighty prick of his, the blacksmith's wife, excited, picked up her skirt all the way up to her belly, and as he was showing her his, she showed him hers. And now, she said, since they have seen each other, it's only proper that we bring them together and have them kiss. Isn't that what we do when we meet someone new? Bring it closer. Bring it closer. The young man was indeed ready for action, and he came closer. And the two of them touched each other and he was just about to push and shove while the blacksmith made a move. And from behind the forge he loomed and cried out in a bellowing voice, What are you doing to my wife, you scoundrel? 
I go away for one day and this is what's happening. You have defiled, defamed, disgraced me. Get out. You're fired. I never want to see your face here again. Our poor Gautier turned around and started packing his things. And the blacksmith's wife, devastated, didn't even have the courage to pretend. And you, said the blacksmith, what great desire consumed you. You made the boy leave what he had to do. He, he's supposed to be hammering the anvil, not you, for God's sake. But you will get a hammering, all right. And true to his word, he put his hands on her and gave her such a hammering that by the end of it, he was exhausted. Now, my story is here to serve as proof that one should not be advertising these things unless he's ready for the consequences. Do not holler wolf in vain. And that, dear listeners, was the story of the blacksmith of Creel. It was a bit saucier than the usual ones, and I do hope it brought a smile to your face. If you liked what you heard and want more medieval mayhem, please subscribe to The Court Jester on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. And here's a little challenge for you. Tell everyone you know. For those of you curious about my sources and references, you can find several links in the show notes. One will take you to the translation I used for today's story. And the others will lead you to the Court Jester's social media where we can continue the conversation about today's medieval experience. Now, before I leave you, I want to remind you that the Court Jester is the labor of love of a true medievalist, yours truly. And if you're feeling generous and want to support the podcast, consider becoming a patron on Patreon. In return, you'll get access to bonus episodes, additional material and other delightful surprises. It's a way to keep the merriment alive, give me a sense of achievement, and allowing me to keep bringing you more comic stories from the Middle Ages. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>